How's it going, my fellow history scholars? Welcome back to the podcast where we talk about the unanswered questions of history and unravel the many mysteries about our past. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you for joining us again today. Jeff is the host of the Curse of Oak Island live stream podcast. And if you guys were there for part one of our interview, we began talking about the many theories surrounding Oak Island. Thanks for joining us again today. Jeff. Oh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I know we did a uh, part one. And it was a lot of fun. We had a good, I had a good time with that. So glad to be back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I loved it. And Ian was with, with us last time as well. He is traveling currently, so he's not here with us. But we do have a few other interviews coming up within the week. We are planning to do one with Gretchen Cornwall on Friday. So ah, nice. stay tuned for that. And as far as interviews, stay tuned because we have some exciting stuff coming up. But uh, I want to get into the major theories surrounding Oak Island. And specifically today, we're going to get into a lot of the Knights Templar, the, the Rochefoucauds, the Founding Fathers, and the Freemasons. And a lot of those are interconnected. And it's a lot of exciting stuff that I, I can't wait to talk with you about. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to it. Yeah, there really is. You're going to you're gonna have, uh, you got all the different theories that you just mentioned and uh, the Rochefoucauds family. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that goes. Uh, that's a, that gets really deep. And you know, you're you're having Gretchen Cornwall on. That's that's going to be a good one. She is wonderful. What oh, a yeah. great I, I love her research. Yep. Yeah, she's really good. I was just talking with her today. As a matter of fact, she was giving me a little hint about something I had. I had question with her about the, uh, the the Templars when they were leaving, uh, getting out of France. So, uh, and I had to I had to confer with her about something. I said, "Am I right on this?" She said, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> so. She's wonderful. And I, I read her secret dossier of the Knights Templar of the Sangreal, yep. and I love the research that she did with that. And I, I can't wait to talk with her. I'll, I'll just leave it at that because yeah, a lot of the stuff that she's written about is super interesting. Yeah, it is. To say the least. Yeah. But we can hop into the Knights Templar here, which is the first theory that we'll begin talking about today. Yeah, right. And I'm going to read a little thing here from oakislandtreasure.co.uk. Okay. And uh, this is what they have to say about the Knights Templar. The Knights Templar have been linked to the mystery of Oak Island by many, primarily because historical records suggest that they had both motives and means to deposit treasure in the money pit. Compelling of all is their connection with untold wealth in the form of the Holy Grail. Using both their money and military strength, coupled with their sailing abilities, they sailed westward towards Zonva, Scotia. The arrival of the Knights Templar in the region is supported by the Xena Halpern map. It depicts the landmass of New Scotia or New Scotland with the figure of a crowned knight, Further evidence exists in the form of the Newport Tower in Rhode Island, the Westward Knight, and the Lead Cross that's found on Oak Island, specifically what we'll be talking about today as far as Oak Island. And the American Templar decided to hide the bounty, supposedly, and they did this by building a complex money pit on Oak Island and by engineering flood traps. The spot is marked in the form of Nolan's Cross, with specifically the glue cap head, which they believe is Henry Sinclair. So there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. in that article that we could try to dissect i mean what do you think as far as the knights templar well i it, yeah the knights templar is one of those kind of a romantic theory that a lot of us and i'm one of them i i want to believe that they did come over to north america you know it's well documented as we mentioned in part one it's well documented that they they had left you know of course they were being rounded up or you know there was the big friday the 13th 1307 where they were, uh, many were killed and captured, and but some got away. It was from the the King of France at the time. But anyway, so and many got away. Well, they had about eighteen ships uh, on standby 
and you know as i mentioned before you know they they kind of they knew that something was going down they had they had forewarning on it um and they had some ships on standby well those ships left the next morning they were gone and so their the theory is that uh you know they took a lot of their treasure and our religious artifacts that they had loaded them up on the ship and they took off now the theory also goes that they weren't didn't all go to the same place that they broke up and went to different places but one of those places is again we want to believe north america they came over to north america and i'm a believer of that i i do i i, I think there's enough evidence to say that they did but you know we're still trying to piece that all together yeah for sure and uh, i find it interesting that th this begins in 1307 mm -hmm. but it doesn't really end until 1314 so there's this right. almost seven year gap mm -hmm. and you're it's hard to believe that within the seven year gap that some of these knights couldn't have, es couldn't have escaped, especially since they were expert sailors being able to sail back and forth to the Holy Land and throughout Europe. And the, being the first bankers, they were well connected yep. with a lot of the powers, the rulerships and kings throughout Europe. So it's almost hard to believe that all of these Templars could have been systematically executed and that nobody survived. Right. There had to, have, had to have been at least a few people, no matter how small, that, yep. that had managed to escape. And uh, I think we definitely see this with a lot of the stuff that we come across on Oak Island, as well as getting into some of the stuff that we found in North America, specifically, mm -hmm. like we were talking about, the, the Westford Knight, the Newport mm -hmm. Tower, uh, the HO Stone, which they, they found on Oak Island, and the Templar Cross they found on, uh, was it the Gluskap head, or it, it was a head of mainland Nova Scotia? I, that I don't the, that the one there that. was on the, that was out at um, the Overton Stone. That's the Overton Stone right there on the uh, lower left. That is out, uh, it's close to, no, it's in Nova Scotia, it's close to Oak Island, but it's up the coast a uh, little ways, and I forget exactly, uh, well, it's in Overton, I believe that's the name of the place, Overton. And that's where that is. So, and that's an interesting one in itself. Terry DeVoe had taken out the team from Oak Island out to take a look at that stone. And if if it's true and it, it was carved back or, or chiseled back when Terry believes it was, it kind of depicts a meeting between the Mi'kmaq and, and the what he believes, the Portuguese. He said this particular cross is more of a Portuguese-style Templar cross or, 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 you know, um, cross of Christ through the Portuguese rather than just main, you know, main Templar knights. So that was where he was getting all that information. And there's, because on that particular one, there's also the, um, there's also the, the, uh, tobacco leaves on it. And then it shows the tobacco leaves and then it shows a, um, uh, eagle feather. And then a, like a crescent moon is all part of it. So that's really interesting that uh, they put all those together. So it was talking about a meeting or a, maybe that's what he believes, that it's a meeting between the, the Mi'kmaq people and uh, the first Europeans to come over and make contact with them, which we believe would have been the Portuguese or he believes would have been the Portuguese. So that's a really interesting one, too. And I don't know if they've been able to date it, you know, exactly come up and date it. It's actually covered up now. They keep it protected uh, on the property where it's at so that it doesn't get more deterioration from the weather. But uh, yeah, really interesting stone that one is. And I like that you brought up the Templars and, and the Micmacs because I don't know if you can see it, but I brought up the comparison of the flags here. I don't know yeah. if you've heard about this theory. I have. The, the idea that they're almost a mirror image of each other. Yeah, and I don't know. I and I, 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 I 
think there's been some people that have said that that's not true, that it, it's not really their flag. I don't know, to be honest with you, because I, I, I had talked about that myself. Uh, and then I had uh, one of the researchers came to me and said, no, it's not true. That's not the Mi'kmaq flag in reverse. So I don't know. I, I really honestly, I'm not sure if that uh, still holds holds water or not on that particular one. But that Overton stone is certainly uh, interesting. And it, you know, it certainly looks, you know, I'm I, with my untrained eye, you look at it, it looks like old carving. It's not something that's been done in the last you know, hundred years, I would think. But so it's hard to say, but I hope they can actually prove it. I'd love to see them actually prove that because it uh, means a lot. Right. Besides that comparison, like you were saying, we have the Overton stone. Let, let me see if I have a picture of it here. Uh, well, that's the Zena Halvern map. We can go back mm -hmm. to that. But the the Gloose cap head, the, yeah. the idea of Nolan's cross, that there's all these huge stones. And I think we might have talked about it a little bit last time. Mm -hmm. But uh, shape of the giant stones and the shape of Nolan's cross, It's the, these stones are massive. So yeah, they are. They're big. It, it's hard to believe that if this was deliberate, they were putting them in place for a reason. Because mm -hmm. these stones are so hard to move. Yep. Being exactly. so big. Yeah, they're huge. And and it would have taken a lot of man and oxen hours, I would think, to get them put into place uh, from wherever they would have got them from in the first place. But there are some really large boulders on this island. And then to take these, and, and, and I mentioned this the other day, was the fact that you take these large boulders and put them all into place. You're not going to do this just simply because you want to honor, honor Christ by showing the cross. It's going to, I mean, it's, it, that's great, but it's a lot of effort, a lot of people hours and a lot of, uh, you know, like I said, with the oxen and everything else to try to do this and get them laid out exactly right. And then for what, for just to, for that alone, or is it mean something else? And my belief is Nolan's cross is significant. And again, this is just my personal feeling that it's significant to the history or the mystery of Oak Island. And that headstone right there that you see was actually right in the center between the right. arms. And, you know, I think uh, Gretchen, and she'll, she'll elaborate on this because she that's, that's part of her theory, that Nolan's Cross. And so she'll uh, she'll definitely take this to another level that i way beyond what I could do. But you, once you see that face on that stone, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's just natural. But once you see the face and you really look at it, you can't unsee it. That's one of those things that you can't unsee it. I You know, as soon as I stare yeah. at it, I'm like, I just, the face pops out pretty pretty remarkable to me and then there's also up in the uh right above the right eye is a uh looks like what is a sword was carved into it so and that's again that's one of those things up for interpretation yeah right in that area right there and um so that's it looks like a sword when you when you get a really good look at that thing so so again why why would you have that head there carved that way or that stone there carved that way if it didn't mean something. Yeah, was it, exactly. Was it supposed to be Christ's head? Okay. I don't know. Now her theory talks about actually, you know, and again, she'll, she'll fill you in where I'm, I'll, I'll probably get it wrong if I tried to do it, but you know, having to do with the, um, the, the head or the skull, they felt that they had the skull of John the Baptist be along the lines of John the Baptist, that, that face, I think was there. But again, if I'm wrong, she'll correct that. Well, I think that's a good idea, right? Because the Knights Templar specifically pay homage to yeah. to John the Baptist, right? Yep. 
Yeah. And that was something too, that, uh, when, you know, they, and they weren't exactly sure, but I know some of the relics that, um, Carl Cookson and Hamilton White have for the, uh, that, uh, when I mentioned this to you earlier, the uh, TV show, the discovery on the discovery channel of the lost relics of the Knights Templar. Mm -hmm. And they've got some artifacts that they believe could have, uh, depictions of John the Baptist on it. So, uh, one of the, um, vessels that they have and so that's really neat too so uh john the baptist was very important to the templars right for sure and that's for, one of the reasons they were persecuted because they're supposedly worshiping this beheaded head that they carried around yeah yeah that probably wasn't john the baptist considering <laughs> that would be thousands of years of yeah uh decay and yeah hard probably to say. Be nothing more than a skull at that point but, <laughs> yeah. but the idea of a severed head could tie back to john the baptist as right. we know he right and the and the head was john's head was john the baptist's head was taken off that was one of the uh i think i, I was i've just listened to our, you know going through the bible on that and he was beheaded uh and his head was served on a platter to the uh queen daughter the daughter wanted that for a uh she told her dad he said you could have anything you want you just name it and she said i want john the baptist's head on a, pl a platter and so he had to do it. He had him in prison, so he had to do it. He cut his head off, and there it is. So the head was severed. We know that. And if they actually had it, I don't know. That'd be a weird thing to have, though, wouldn't it? I mean, it's really yeah. artifact, I suppose. But, but I know it did mean a lot to them. So Yeah, for sure. And I want to go back because I do want to touch a little bit on the Xena Halpern map. And uh, what what do you think about the Xena Halpern map? Because she, I believe she tied it into the Templars. Oh, yeah. Through, through the Rochefoucauld family, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, uh, that map actually the, the one she had that was drawn up, I think it was, uh, actually dated, uh, 1347. Um, uh, they had two maps that she originally showed Rick and Marty. One of them was the map of Nova Scotia. And then there was the map of Oak Island. The map of Nova Scotia actually had some markings on it and showed right it, you could see there in the, in the drawing. And then it had right down there where Mahone Bay is, where the Oak Island is, they had Mahone Bay. And then it had a line out 46, 47, it said in Roman, Roman numerals, 46 and 47. And so it, it showed right where Oak Island was on the map of Nova Scotia. And then she had another map of Oak Island and right up in the top corner, it had the name Rochefoucauld. So that right there, and you know, the Rochefoucauld family were very instrumental or they were, you know, um, you could say they were part of the Knights Templar as well. So there's a lot of, to say that they were there back in at that time, that, that leads to that Zena's map. I mean, that's, that was her theory that they came there uh, long ago. Um, so, and that would tie you right in with the Knights Templar. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there's even supposedly ties to the, the Freemasons and specifically the Founding Fathers. And we can get into a little bit more of that. I had it arranged to uh, lean into a different topic, but I can skip some slides here. Yeah, that Nova Scotia map was 1179. And it shows Oak Island marked out uh, in Mahone Bay, and it had those numbers 46 and 47. And then uh, these were part of some Templar documents. Um, and then her book, yeah, they talked about the uh, uh, Hall family taking a voyage, or Knights Templar taking a voyage in 1178 to 1180 over to Nova Scotia. If that's true, then, boy, they were there, yeah, long, long ago before anyone else. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, and we have records that the Vikings went to the North American coast, or or at least supposedly, because we see this in the Viking sagas that they made, mm -hmm. a voyage far to the western Vinland, uh, mm -hmm. as referenced in the, the Kensington runestone, getting yep. a little off subject. But 
if the Vikings couldn't make it over, who's to say that thousands of years later? Because Vikings likely did it around 800 with Leif Erikson right. and uh, Eric the Red. So if they could have done it around the 800, who's to say that the Templars couldn't have done it, especially with their expert sailing abilities? Yeah, exactly. And and you're exactly right. And the thing of it, too, is that they became, if I remember, and, and again, this I know uh, Gretchen will probably touch on this, and Alessandra Nadavari, she's another one, a uh, great researcher and author also, um, and I think that she was the one who was telling me about the fact that the Vikings became Christians and then they changed to the Norsemen, the Norse. And I think that was done by the folks in Scotland. So, and the Knights mm -hmm. Templar. So they would have passed on any information that they had about this new world that they had discovered. I think that's how those in Scotland got the information in the first place was from the Vikings. Again, my my personal opinion on that, I don't have you know much more than other theorists telling me things like this to back it up, but that's the case. If they became Christians and then changed to the Norsemen, they would have passed on a lot of that information to them. That gave, oh, hey, guess what? There's a neat land that we've seen over, you know, across the ocean over here, and we can tell you how to get there. I think that's where that all started right there. That's how they first knew about it. It, it, and again, that's just my opinion, but I believe that's what happened. Right. And tying stuff in, because we went to a lot of different places here, but uh, we'll touch back on the Rochefoucauld. I'm mm -hmm. going to read something from yeah the from the History Channel. And uh, this is how they connect the, the Rochefoucauds. Uh, according to this theory, a French nobleman and naval captain named Jean-Baptiste Louise Frédéric de la Rochefoucauld, that's a, a very large name, whose family had historic ties to the Knights Templar, was reportedly dispatched with the French Armada to Nova Scotia in the 1700s. In Season 5, Episode 10, The Sign of the Cross, historian Doug Crowell explained to the team that he found evidence in a library that the fleet led by Rochefoucauld was carrying treasure. And Zena Halpern's map, as we were talking about before, mentions Rochefoucauld and a ship's log reportedly mentioned bearing the vessel's treasure in a pit. So that kind of ties everything there together with the Rochefoucauds yep. and uh, the Knights Templar. And that's where I have to make that uh, make a, a correction of what I had said uh, when we did part one, um, when you were asking me about, I think it was um, one of the pirates, uh, Drake. Francis, yeah, Sir Francis Drake. Drake. Uh, you were asking me about Drake, and then I, I, I got off on this tangent, and I, and I completely uh, uh, misstated that. Uh, and I, I think I was saying it was Charles Barkhouse that had the ship's log. Um, and it wasn't. It was actually Doug Crowell. Doug Crowell found, just like you had just said, he found the ship's log um, and had it translated or translated. He, I think it was in the um, Halifax Historical Society. I think is where he found it and it, or library. And then he brought it out and he was sharing it with the team. And, and again, yes, that was, yeah, Duke uh, D'Anville was in charge of this coming back and they were going to go and take Nova Scotia back from the British. I think that was 1746. I think that was right around 1746. And so on the way, and he had supposedly a large amount of treasure or something on the ship with him uh, to help finance the whole fight, you know, the war to go back and take Nova Scotia back. And uh, they ended up having to get into a place where they had to supposedly, and according to the ship's log that Doug was reading, they had to hide it. They had to hide it. They didn't want it to fall into the hands of the British. So they wanted to hide it. And that's where they believe that they hit it on, on Oak Island because of what that ship's log said, something about dig a, a deep pit enters from the ocean on an island of oak. I mean, it was, you know, it, it all ties together with Zena's map. It really does. An island of oaks or whatever. It was really, uh, it's it's hard not to connect those dots. I mean, <laughs> pretty miraculous. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, I want to bring up a comment here from somebody. Uh, Marilyn Rathwell, uh, she was asking where in France the Rochefoucauld family was from. Oh, man. Um, and I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. So I was. Yeah, I'm j- I was trying to. <laughs> I wonder if I got that written down in my notes. Uh, uh, I believe that Rick and Marty did go to France and uh, on, on their did. way to France, they did go to one of the Rochefoucauld yeah, that, uh, family castles. Oh, man. Um, I got that written down too. I know I do. Uh, the Chateau de Rochefoucauld. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chateau de la Rochefoucauld. But where I forgot, I've forgotten where it's at. I am, I am complete, drawn a complete blank at the moment. And we have to, we'll have to look that up. As if, I, mean, I don't know how many people you have watched, but there's probably one of them that knows out there. You get to give you the answer. They'll probably pop it up real quick. But um, yeah, obviously, uh, very interesting family, and they had ties to uh, the Knights Templar. Strong ties to the Knights Templar. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I found something. This is where the Chateau de la Rochefoucauld is, but I have no idea what that says in French. Oh man. Man, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'd probably uh, yeah tear that up pretty badly there trying to pronounce that. But uh, hopefully that helps you, Marilyn. Oh, uh, yeah, Charent, 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 France. I think that's the name of that. I think that's it, Charent. Yeah. It's right down below there. It says Charent, La Rochefoucauld, Charent. Uh, yeah, I believe that's where it's at. Yeah, Rochefort. I couldn't remember. I knew they went out to France and that they visited the the Rochefoucauld Castle, and then they also went to Dome, France, and they went to the. Mm-hmm. To, to the Templar prison to oh, go see the comparisons with the, the lead cross. Yep. And I find that fascinating. And I want to see what you thought about that because I, I loved it. I love that episode. That was really, really good. And it was so funny because it was like a week after they were in France and went to that prison and they saw not only that, but they also saw the menorah on the wall and they saw yeah. that and they saw the lead cross uh, or not the lead cross, but the cross. Didn't they see a variation of the, the tree of life as well? Yes, yes, they did. Yes, you're right. You're exactly right. And so, and then a week later, back on Oak Island, Gary Drayton gets the hit and they dig up the lead cross on Smith's Cove. I mean, it was like a week later they found the lead cross. And Rick was looking at it. I don't know if you have a picture of that car. I, I might have one that I could probably yeah. share, uh, share that picture of this, the wall in the, in the prison. But you look at that, and if you look at it side by side with the lead cross, I mean, they're identical. They are identical. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, there you go. You're on. You're on spot with this stuff. You got to sell. Yeah, I'm jumping yeah. back in between my slides. <laughs> Ton of things. <laughs> I do it all the time. I always tell people, sorry about this. Click, 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 and I flip through. But keep spoiling yeah, stuff. <laughs> you see that right there, and you see that the the uh, first of all that the uh, one arm is longer than the other, right. um, and that's that's on purpose, um, and also the um, the head is tilted slightly no. off center. And, and again, that's on purpose. And then you look at the line that runs down like between the legs. There's that line, that ridge. Yep, right there. And then same thing on the lead cross. They are identical. Now, how can you say, how can anybody say, and they had that lead cross dated. They dated it by taking samples, laser abrasion, I think they call it. Or I forget, it might be what they were calling it. But they actually, laser abrasion, I believe was, where they took samples of it. Then they check those samples against all, and that's one thing with lead. They can check it with all known sources or mines, and they found that it was a closed mine that it was taken from uh, back, and I think it was 14th century was the last time that the mine was used. Okay, so you know that that lead was taken out in the 14th century or or before, and, and it looks just like a cross carved into a wall by the Templar Knights in a prison in France, and it looks just like it 
That's not a coincidence. I don't care. <laughs> People will write it off, go, hey, you know, what, whoever, you don't know who dropped it. You don't know what, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't, I'm not buying it. I think right. that's, I think that's a Templar cross. Now, does that mean the Templars brought it there? I want to say so, but no, I guess it doesn't actually mean that the Templars brought it there, but, and I had well, a little look at the comparisons, right? Exactly what you were saying with the, the one arm being longer and the, the yep. head of the cross being tilted back. Yep. I, I just find that interesting. And then I it forget is. who did the research. Uh, you can correct me, but the one research I believed it, it was even connected with the goddess Tanit. Oh, wow. Now that I don't know. I'm not sure on that. Gotcha. I believe they <laughs> did some research on it. Yeah, I'll have to ask her if yeah. she remembers. She will probably know. But I found that interesting too because supposedly the the Templars paid homage to the goddess Tanit as well. I've heard that. Yeah, I, I, that's one that's one of the parts of it I, I don't know that much about. I can't uh, can't comment on that one. But yeah, that's that's significant. And you know, I had my own little again my own little personal theory, knowing that they were, um, and I know the the Knights of Christ is a different you know an offshoot maybe of of the uh, but I, I keep saying Knights of Christ because that's what they were. Um, right. And my theory on that, uh, bringing that, um, oh, Zena mentioned it. Yeah, Jan, thanks, Jan. Um, that particular cross, my own personal belief on that particular cross is that if it is Templar, then the Templars, when they got to the island, and because the island meant so much to them, if they were using it to hide the artifacts, at least for a temporary purpose, they would have, they would have made it to where they were going and they would have blessed the, the ground. My personal thinking is, because if somebody lost this, if this fell off their chain or in their pocket, or if they had it on a chain that what they were wearing in their pocket or around their waist or whatever, it, it yes, it could have been lost. That, that's There's no doubt about that. You can't say otherwise. But it is my thinking that they would have arrived on this new land and they would have knelt down and prayed and left this as a token of their, you know, belief system on the island that's you know and 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 it was found then later on by gary drayton now is that true have no idea but that's just i i feel like that is what happened i could be completely wrong i might be (laughs) far-fetched but it makes sense that's what they would have done they would have gotten down and they would have knelt down and they would have prayed when they arrived and maybe just maybe they would have left that cross there as that part of that prayer to, to say you know make the land sacred I don't know. No, for sure. Something I want to believe, but it is important, and it's not a. Uh, it's a significant. It's the most significant find I think they've had on the island yet. Oh yeah, for sure. And then that with the the combination of the the two bones that they supposedly found, one dating back to Europe and the other Middle Eastern. Yep, exactly. I found that super interesting as well because I'm like, there's puzzle pieces that are trying to line up. <laughs> but uh we don't have 100 percent clarification with it yet yeah and but, why uh, would they like i mentioned on part one you know they wouldn't have buried somebody that deep underground those were found over 100 feet down those fragments of bone you're not yeah, going to bury sure. somebody down there that deep you know absolutely so there had to so, have been something that was going on under yeah the either they were there was there were theories about there they they took a couple of guys they chained them up down there or whatever and there's there's been no evidence of that did they die because it, during the search or the digging operation? Who's to say, you know, but yeah, Middle Eastern and European, I think was the other one. And they dated about that old date too. I think if I remember correctly, but again, a very, very interesting stuff and the shoe leather and just so many things that they found that deep underground 
it's just not it doesn't make any sense you know why why was this stuff down there right and i'll bring up another comment here my dad's actually watching and uh well, I love uh, that. He car. brought up something that was interesting. That's from and, my uh, time, that car right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he actually owns that car. He has the, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Firebird. Firebird, man. Ooh. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, he brought up that considering the length they went to to hide the treasure, do you really think that it could have been something as important as the Holy Grail and the Ark of the Covenant? That's a little bit what we were talking about. If they went through such great length to move all these stones and to go across the ocean to, uh, to make this new Jerusalem, well, what was the purpose? And with all the effort that they put into conceal these symbols, like we see, and Dome France, that they literally carved this stuff with their teeth mm. and, uh, and fingernails, yep. there, there had to have been a reason. And maybe they had something that was of great significance that we have yet mm-hmm. to figure out. Yep. Yeah, that's if they did have those artifacts, and it, it is, there's a lot of, again, that's one of those things that they, you know, uh, some people believe they didn't, that they didn't have the Ark of the Covenant or the Holy Grail or any of that kind of stuff. I They did at one time because they went there looking for it. They went to um, they went to the dome and they went there looking for it um, at one point back when they first got started. And so if they would have taken possession of it or at least been guarding it there for a while uh, in Jerusalem, then you know to protect it. And then before all heck broke loose there, they went down and maybe took it out of there to, for a safekeeping. If that's the case, where would they have taken it? And that's the big mystery. Where did it go? Did it go to Oak Island? I, I, you know, that's, we just can't make that determination. I know there was one of them that one of the theorists, I think it was Jeffrey Irving, uh, was on the island. And that was his, that was his theory. And his theory was that Christopher Columbus brought it over, brought over the Ark of the Covenant. He said, you know, at least temporarily hit it on Oak Island. And that was his theory. Uh, and Columbus had ties to the Knights Templar as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an interesting guy. His father-in-law, I think, was a um, grandmaster, I think, of the Knights Templar. So Christopher Columbus's father-in-law. Right. I, yeah. I believe he was connected with uh, the Sinclairs through his yeah. wife's lineage. Exactly. So uh, there you go. With all these different connections, you know, it's really hard to say that, uh, right. you know. And so did Christopher Columbus bring it over? I I don't know. I think, you know, that it could be, I, you, you just can't, you can't rule that out. I suppose that's, a, that's another one of those interesting uh, tidbits. Right. And, uh, and again, that's why I'll clarify. We're talking about the theories and not, <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, and not yeah. the facts. Yeah. We have no proof on any of this stuff, but yeah. I tell you what, and, and you got to hand it to the folks like Jeffrey Irving and Gretchen and, and uh, well, the research uh, is phenomenal. You know, James McQuiston and all the and Corian and Christopher, all these guys that have done this research. Oh my goodness, you got to hand it to them for digging through all this, uh, all the stuff to try to find those these facts. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. or we wouldn't know any of this stuff if it hadn't been for them guys. So, but yeah, that's Jeffrey Irving's uh, theory was that Christopher Columbus brought it over. Sorry for the interruption of the podcast, but I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, Anchor. Have you ever heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be easily heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others, just like our podcast. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast one place and if you're interested in using anchor to make a podcast download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now back to the episode
Uh, I want to get into the Shepherds of Arcadia because uh, oh, yeah. a few weeks ago you had on uh, Corian. Yep, and, Corian uh, Mole and Christopher Morford. Yeah, did you guys mention the the Shepherds of Arcadia? Because mm-hmm. I only yeah, saw we, tidbits of that conversation. Yeah, they uh, they did. Um, this was um, initially this was when they were on. I think it was season seven, episode eight and nine. I think it was. They were on the island, or actually, um, yeah, both of them actually were on the island. That's where they met. I, I always thought that they knew each other prior to this, and they were researching together. But they actually met each other on the island um, because they were both working on um, companion, you know, theories with this. But excuse me, the Shepherds of Arcadia is was interesting because of the writings that are on the actual on the the tomb. They're looking at a tomb what looks like a tomb right there. They're all looking yep. at it and on the side of it. It said something about in route to Arcadia. Um, Arcadia. Ego. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Um, and so their theory was that they, um, that that led to Arcadia, Acadia, which was Nova Scotia prior to it being called Nova Scotia. It was, I believe it was called Arcadia or mm-hmm. Acadia. And so that was, you know, one of the, I think it was, um, Nicholas Poisson uh, had done these paintings or had done mm-hmm. the one on the right. I, I, the other one, I'm not that familiar with that particular one, but yeah, there he is there. And again, one of those guys that uh, like to paint in a lot of different interesting things uh, into his work that you had to decode so much of it. And like even on his on his finger in that picture there on his finger, he's got like a, a Masonic ring, I think, on his on his finger right there. Yeah. I can't tell if it's Masonic or not. Yeah. yeah. And how they use the, the pentagram alignments uh, to line up everything that was on. And that was something they did for, Mm. to make it appealing to your eye when you looked at something, but it also had some meaning that they could add in with that pentagram. Um, And they used that pentagram and then they ended up laying, they showed, you know, they made their case of the shepherds of Arcadia painting. And then they, took that same pentagram and they laid it over Nolan's cross and came up with a couple of points on in the swamp where, you know, there are points of interest. So I don't, I think they're going to be coming back around again. And then they've got some alignment stuff that they were talking about from Jerusalem to the palace of Versailles in France. And then from there on to Oak Island and some really interesting things, how that lines up with Nolan's cross. The line is directly down the line of the the uh uh it's the uh menorah on the ground uh, anyway but yeah they got some really good stuff those guys that's two more you should probably ask if you want to have them on your show oh yeah, yeah. that'd be cool uh, <laughs> i'll have my yeah. summer booked for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know but some you know some of the things to to point out you know that they pointed out on there they they were believing that the lady in the yellow on the right is actually uh depicted of venus um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then also then the guy in the red, she's got her arm on him. That would be Mars because he's wearing the red. Yeah. And the color so, correlation. yeah and then, you know, so that's this a lot of little, lot of little things that drawn into this. And if you notice his arm, the shadow of his arm on the tomb wall, right in the very middle, um, the shadow right there. Yeah. That shadow going down, that doesn't look like an arm, does it? I mean, if you look at it, it looks like a sickle. And if you if you get a closer check it out when you get a a different picture of it you get a bigger one you can look at but you'll see that that that's not if he's that important of an artist he's not going to make that mistake of not making that shadow look like somebody's arm it looks like a sickle now what does that mean I don't know right, but yeah, I unless mean, he it, just got lazy yeah you're there okay yeah did he just get lazy just say, okay pff, there I'm done you know I I gotta get out of this thing and 
But uh, so there's a lot of little symbolisms uh, all around his paintings, just like, uh, you know, with the Sir Francis Bacon and all that kind of stuff. They got a lot of a lot of decoding that goes on in these things. It's really interesting. Right. And well, we know other artists were doing the same thing. We know that Da Vinci was hiding symbols supposedly in his paintings as well and doing the same color correlations uh, as we see here with. Nicholas Poisson and the Shepherds of Arcadia, the the red for Mars and the yellow and blue for Venus. So it, it's not something that that stands out because a lot of artists were were doing the same kind of practice. It was a way to to make your mark and express yourself in these paintings, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, there's so, another painting. I think that that one you showed uh, where he it shows Nicholas Poisson. Yeah, and he, yeah, it's right behind him on the painting that's. Not the one that's directly behind him, but the one that's behind that. That lady that's the Venus uh, in that first picture. You yeah, really right there, you can't see her, but there's a picture of her again right there. And she has on the top of her, I don't know if it's a scarf or whatever she's wearing on her head, has another eye on it on top. There's like two eyes, the eye on mm-hmm. the side of her face because it's a profile. And then there's another eye up there and it's and it's the same lady that's in the other. So she's important. That's a, that, that lady is, I, I'm not, you know, I, and again, that thinking is maybe it's a, a Venus, but uh, she's definitely important or he wouldn't have used her again, the same person. So she means something to him uh, and she, he's trying to portray that out. So really that's, it's again, this is like Jake Roberts. He's so into this stuff and I'm going to have Jake on my show uh, next, uh, actually in two weeks, but he's, he's, he just did a nice little thing now tonight. He's got the uh, ghost of bacon youtube page and his website or facebook page also and his decoding he does that decoding and he just blow your mind if you, <laughs> you gotta pay attention yeah to so the same one you were saying that did the the fama fraternitas yes, the yes. yeah that's him yeah he just did another one tonight looking at a plaque of um uh, shakespeare amazing plaque. all the symbols that you can oh decode my goodness it's crazy the symbolism in there and the how you cipher it and and he knows all that stuff. I, it kind of loses me. You really got to pay attention when he's talking. But anyway, so, but they did. They encoded so much stuff in here that uh, you really got to look at it closely to, uh, and you're still sure to miss something. Oh, yeah. There's that one so there on the left, they talk about that, the Gold River. I think that had something to do with the Gold yeah, River. Yeah, I did have some research pulled up here. And, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you, I had, you I had something that was, I yeah, I had something that was mentioned, just what you were saying there, actually. And uh, it's kind of long, so I'm pick a, pick the specific se- okay. section that mentions that. But it, it's talking about the the Metis washing at the source of the the Pactolus, and I probably butchered that, but that's this painting right here. Mm-hmm. And it's this legend of King Metis of Phrygia, and according to the legend, a satire granted Metis a wish for the ability to turn everything that he touched into gold. Unable to eat or drink as a result of his new ability, Metis prayed to the Greek god Dionysus to reverse the satire's work. Dionysus ordered Metis to bathe in the Pactolus River, and doing so, the Phrygian king cleansed himself of his affliction, depositing gold dust into the riverbed in the process. And Corrigan Mole puts forth the theory that this is a reference to Nova Scotia's Gold River, which leads to Mahone Sway in mm-hmm. Nova yep. Scotia. Yep. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, because yeah, and that's what that's why they call it the Gold River, because it and and it floods into um, or drains into Mahone Bay, which is right there by Oak Island. So, really, how that all ties together is really pretty interesting. Right, and I'm going to have uh, Scott and Janet on in a few weeks here. And Janet wrote a book called America: Nation of the Goddess, and she compares these ideas of how 
there's all this symbolism and a call back to this classical mythology. So the idea that a Greek legend could be present in uh, in Nova Scotia is not a far-fetched idea. Not really, no. Nope. And then I believe of the Gold River, and I, I didn't do too much research, but uh, I do want to mention it. They, they found that castle, supposedly, and I believe it was a oh. few seasons back. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that's Alessandra uh, Nadavari. Her and her husband own the property where that is on, and mm -hmm. they found there is some foundation stones that was actually uncovered by the former owner of the property when she was digging a garden, and she found these these large stones uh, under the ground, and she started to uncover them, and she tried to get people to come out and take a look, and everyone was, oh, there's nothing to see here, there's nothing to see here. Well, and there's an old well on the or on the property as well. And then they found uh, a stone, um, Alessandra and her husband did, they found a stone that had a very worn down what looks like the the um, uh, the Templar cross, cross pate. And they, it looks like it to me. I mean, it takes, a, it takes a moment to look at it, but once it's pointed out, then it's one of those things you can't unsee because you see it, I see it as soon as I look at the stone now. And they actually had to take that stone and remove it from the property because... They were afraid somebody was going to come by and steal it because people can drive by on the road right there all the time. And here's this stone sitting there that was yeah. on the show. She's got a very interesting, that's another person you should probably reach out to see about coming on your show because she has a lot of history about Acadia, Mi'kmaq people, and her property that she has up there. Really, really interesting historical information that she, she has a lot of it. She's very good with that. So, but yeah, she has that property up there. And unfortunately, she is not allowed uh, permitted wise uh, to get permits i think to actually do an excavation of that uh, site so she's kind of hamstrung and being able to do anything there and, and again that's one of those things that she'll have to elaborate on but um yeah she can't she's i don't know that uh, she's not not allowed to go dig it up and say hey look what's here and that's unfortunate really unfortunate because it's it it it's definitely uh it, it's definitely it looks like a foundation and it's it it means something it's history come on let's let's find out what it's all about right i mean that's yeah what, for sure so uh yeah so you'll have to you'll have to reach out to her that she'd be a great one to have on your show she's got a lot of information yeah that'd be awesome and archaeology does not pick the the spot where uh where modern civilization builds upon so a lot of these sites uh, end up on like people's properties i read an article not that long ago that they found some underground templar caves of somebody's backyard yep. actually yeah yeah i just heard about so, that uh, our modern construction just builds right over these ancient sites and oftentimes it it leads to destruction or we can't even excavate these sites that could be so life-changing and profound to the the historical record Yep. So it's really exciting. Times, yeah, it is. It really is. And a lot of times you run into some difficulties because people don't want, there might be people in, in higher places, I'll just say, call it higher places that don't want you to change what's known. They don't want to, they don't want anything else to be known. That's the other problem. This is the way it is. I mean, as we know in wars, victory, the victor always sets the history, you know, so they don't want things to change. They, this is the way it is. Let's leave it alone. No, we want to know the truth. We want to know what really happened here. So let's, you know, and that's what an archaeologist, you know, I just had Aaron Taylor on the show and Aaron Taylor is a fantastic archaeologist. He deals in facts, you know, he deals in what he digs up and you dig up all these pieces and parts and things that you find underground, or if they're not just, you know, like a coal or charcoal or whatever, you piece all the stuff together to tell a story. 
And so why not? Why not allow that to happen? Because, you know, if it's going to change American history, which a lot of the stuff on O'Connor could, if it becomes true, we want to know this. We have a right to know, you know, so. But like you said, the victor always sets the history, right? Writes the history books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have a little bit time left of time left here. And I, right. I want to get into the, the founding fathers and then uh, obviously their connection to Freemasonry. Yeah. But now that all of the founding fathers were Freemasons, were clarification, but uh, mm-hmm. there there were definitely a few interesting ones. And the Masonic joke is, did you know George Washington was a Freemason? <laughs> <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, they are, that's another one, um, the founding fathers and, and another guy. And again, that kind of ties in with Xena also. You know, that was another theory that was, I think uh, Court Lindahl actually started this one on Oak Island, as far as Oak Island is concerned. And another, another uh, fantastic researcher, Court Lindahl, he had the founding fathers, basically that's what they were calling it, the founding fathers theory. And it, it kind of stemmed, you know, a little bit from Zena's map and Louis Alexander Rochefort-Cald. Mm-hmm. And there we go with the Rochefort-Calds again. And that's, that's the thing is that, you know, and again, I'll step away and I'll come back real quick. But the the whole thing about the 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 Knights Templar, not only do <clears throat> excuse me, not only do I want to believe that they were there and in North America, but you talk to many of the theorists. There are several of the theorists who believe the same thing. So if you've got several theorists, you know, you got you know, like the Marie Antoinette, you're like, mm, I don't know about that one. But but all, if you have several theorists that are all pointing towards the Rochefort-Cold family and also the Knights Templar being in North America. It's not just one that's talking about, there's several talking about. So that's what makes it, in my mind, it makes it more tangible. And and with that said, you know, and Louis Alexander Rochefort-Cold, the son of Duke Don V, you know, he was associated with those two gentlemen right there. Right. And uh, I wanted to get into it because exactly like you said, uh, yeah, history wrote an article, uh, Top 21 Theories About Oak Island. And uh, I've referenced this uh, a few times throughout the the episodes we've been doing. But uh, they compare that uh, in Season 6, Episode 22, there was uh, research done that says uh, American founding fathers Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson both had connections to the Rochefort-Cald son, Louise Alexander Rochefort-Cald, like we were talking about. Wendell and Kennedy raised the possibility that Louise Alexander told the prominent colonists about the treasure so they could finance their war efforts against great britain and i right. find that specifically fascinating that this idea that the templars and well think that the templars are associated with the freemasons and that has yet to be completely solidified but if it's true and uh, a lot of these founding fathers were freemasons like thomas jefferson like benjamin franklin then the idea that they could have used this call back to the templars treasure to the finance their war in america <laughs> i find that extremely fascinating I do too. And I, and I have, that's one of the theories. Um, and you know, I've reached out to court. Um, I've talked to court, you know, he's part of our group and I've talked to him several times uh, in chatting and stuff like that. But I, I, I reach out to him and say, we got to have you on, on the show again and talk about some of the stuff to get more clarification on it. But you know, it, 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 there's so many ties. I do believe that they, of course, they're going to need to have some sort of money to finance the war, right? And what better place to get it? And you know that they knew about it because of the ties between Louis Alexander Rochefort and these two gentlemen here, Franklin and, and Jefferson. 
So they obviously knew at least about the theory that there was gold up there or there was treasure up there. And I think at one point, um, I think the Nova Scotia was supposed to be the 13th colony. I think they were supposed to us to have established a 13th colony in Nova Scotia. I did hear about that theory. Yeah. And so uh, again, and this, and this is, I know I'm kind of picking and picking pieces from different theories, but Nova Scotia was supposed to be the 13th colony. They gave up on that idea and they ended up taking what a state that was Vermont, New Hampshire, splitting it in two and making those two. So they got their 13th rather than using Nova Scotia. So Vermont and New Hampshire was one state at one time or one colony and they split it in half and they called it two different states and there they got their 13. 13 again being very important to them, that particular number. And then they also talked about Washington's flag which was the um it had the, the tree on it right with 13 branches on each side so you had and that was the appeal to heaven flag is what he called it so 13 was a very important number and that same and again this is one of these stones that they found i don't know if you ever had a picture of this one but there was a stone up there i think it's called the evan stone is what they gave it a name of later on um the evan stone they found on oak island has a that tree and it's carved onto the, um, it's carved on, yes, there you go, the appeal to heaven. There it is right there. Yep. And so the 13, um, the 13 branches on it, that, that same type of a tree is carved onto a rock on Oak Island. And uh, Evan, some, this, later on, the guy who found it put his name, he carved his name next to it too, um, the tree is actually sitting sideways and he wrote his name across the side of it. And that's why they call it the Evans stone, but it has that tree. Now, was that tree carved back then or did somebody, did Evans do it? You know, I, I, you can't be sure now after all this time, but that's something that's very significant as well. So also the slipway and the U-shaped structure structure that is, was in uh, that they uncovered day or uh, Dan Blankenship had originally uncovered the U-shaped structure they ended up uncovering it again because they wanted to find it and they were looking for the uh, flood tunnels in, in Smith's Cove. And they uncovered the, not only that, they found that slipway. So they uncovered the slipway. They uncovered the U-shaped structure. They actually had, uh, take, took some wood samples and have it dated. And it dated to a time period just before the War of Independence. So was that some sort of a, a base? I, you know, was a, those were, you know, in my opinion, they were used, that was a military, um, the U-shaped structure and that slipway were used at military time, you know, by probably the British Navy. So, but they dated to 1746, right around that same time frame. And so, you know, it, it's very interesting that all that falls into place, doesn't it? Uh, you know, and that's why exactly. I want to believe that it, and that's the theory that I kind of lean toward. That's why I'm saying I, I want to believe that that's the that's what happened. That they they knew those that that treasure was there. They went there to go get that treasure and use it to finance the war. But it, it, do we know? <laughs> I wish we knew for a fact that that was the yep. case. That's why I was saying earlier on your on part one. I was saying, well, I'm not so sure the treasure is still there. Maybe a portion of it. I no, I, that's my my stand on it too. And again, yeah. we're talking about theories, not the hundred percent fact. But uh, right. like you were saying, uh, I I think that it's definitely there. Might have been something there at one point, but if it is still there, and they haven't been able to find it with all the excavation and stuff that they've been doing, then uh, I don't know if they'll find it. 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, the thing of it is, is the last episode of the season, and I'll try to make this real quick, but the last episode, or last two episodes of the season, season eight that we just finished here, had Dr. Ian Spooner talking about, he took the water samples from uh, different wells around on that the the eastern end of the the island, and one of the well samples uh, from three different wells that were all very close, or two of them right at the Money Pit area, and one was just a little bit to the southeast of the Money Pit area, and they found traces, very significant traces of zinc, copper, and silver, which is the three elements that go up to make silver of that time, silver coins and, and whatnot of that time. Where you had those three elements in it, and they found significant um, parts per million of this in the water. Now, silver is one of those that will degrade. It will start to, you know, let its material start to go out in the water where gold won't. So they can't do that with gold, but they certainly did, and they found significant amounts. In in C, I think it was C one was actually one of the wells that they took the well it was and one of the wells they took the sample from, and then they found silver. So does that mean that it's still there? Could be, and and it really he was very adamant that it's still there. So I could be completely wrong, and I hope it is. I hope the treasure is still there. So that was a very significant find, and they kind of left us hanging on that. You know, at the end of season eight, going into season nine of the Curse of Oak Island. So we'll see what that. It's very uh, much an Oak Island happens. thing. They always yeah. leave me hanging. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Come right. back. The cliffhanger for next season. Yeah, oh. that's it for sure. But uh, but yeah, I I definitely like the whole um, the uh, the financing of the, uh, the of the war uh, of independence uh, and using those those funds that would have been on Oak Island, and that's why I think a lot of it's gone. You know, mm-hmm. if they used it. We'll see. Founding right. Fathers, that's a good theory. I like this one. I really do. I, I, I love the Founding this. Fathers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it makes total sense because in, in many of the the um, the Knights Templar, you know, it, it's one of those theories that we talked about, you know, to some people say that the Knights Templar became the Freemasons. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind yeah, of yeah, on We don't have 100% point. proof yet. Yeah. Exactly. As much as uh, I'm sure the Templars and the Freemasons would want that connection to exist, yeah, uh, especially the Freemasons coming from that background, mm-hmm. you, you want that connection to exist. But yep. uh, until it's completely proven, then right, uh, all we can say theory. is speculation. Right, it's just another theory. But you you think that uh, you know they were all they all knew each other and there was ties together. And 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 you know one of the things that I said that if if the Knights Templar did escape from you know, France, and they went up to Scotland, and some of them, not all of them, because they went into the ships, the 18 ships, they did, they figured the ships went in different places. But if some of them went up to Scotland and then left from Scotland and come over to the New World, then they, they if they went to uh, Oak Island and all that, if they're hiding, they're not going to say, hey, we're still the Knights Templar, and here we are over here, we're in this New World over here, come and get us. You know, they're going to change who they are, they're going to change their name, they're not going right. to continue to call themselves the Knights Templar. So did that evolve into the Masons? I don't know. I, I I don't know. That's one of those that's open for interpretation, I guess. Right. That's a that's a never ending debate. And uh, Where did they again, go from there? just like you were talking about La Rochelle, Rosalind mm-hmm. Chapel, Scotland, yep. uh, the whole connection between those two. And then uh, I'll get into one more thing before we close our episode here. And it's uh, connected with the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. And then this is coming from oakislandtreasure.co.uk. And I found this fascinating. Uh, We'll see if you have heard anything about it. But this is what they say. Uh, The strange markings reportedly carved on the oak adjacent to the pit can be seen to invoke Mason's marks and scribe signs by which Masons are identified. The three alleged discoverers of the pit can be seen to represent the three worthy sojourners 
where Daniel McGinnis represents the principal sojourner known for discovering the secret vault and the Royal Arch degree of masonry. In such a ritual, the aspirant is lowered on a rope through a succession of trap doors. It does not take much to recognize the similarities in this act with the workmen who were on occasion hauled up and down the money pit shaft. And then they could go on to compare a lot of the tools. And this is quite a stretch. A, a lot of the tools that they used in the early excavations to a lot of the working tools and masonry. Wow. No, I'm not familiar with this one at all. That's very interesting. Well, I found this one fascinating because yeah, we obviously really had Danny McGinnis, Anthony Vaughn, and uh, help me with the third name. Smith. Yeah. Well, originally, we yeah. Smith. Supposedly <laughs> Samuel Ball. Yeah, it wasn't yep. really Samuel Ball, and it got changed. That's for uh, last episode. Uh, Make sure you go listen to that one, too, if you haven't. Yeah, we that was in part that. one. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. But yeah, I have I have not heard of this. The Royal Arch, what does that say? Masonry? Yeah, Royal Arch and Masonry. Uh, I know the logo's covering up. Wow. But I, I'm familiar with the Mason side, and that's probably why I take a, a love towards that a little bit more. And basically, the Royal Arch is a chapter that you join after taking the initial first three degrees. Uh, okay. All right. So a lot of people are familiar with Scottish Rite and the idea of the 33rd degree. Mm -hmm. Dan Brown, Lost Symbol, uh, yep. he touches yep. on that. Yep. But uh, the, the other side of that would be the York Rite, and there's there's several other bodies, the Shriners and stuff, but I found the connection to the Royal Archmasons extremely fascinating, and the, the comparison that the all this underground tunnels and the, the stuff that they were doing under Oak Island uh, may be symbolic of the, the secret yeah. vault. Yep, that's very true. Oh, Interesting. And, you know, and that's one of the things that Gretchen, you know, I think that uh, when she was on Oak Island the very first time, um, she was talking about the Nolan's cross and taking the cross. If you scaled it down and you held it upside down and then you put it into the, you know, into the money pit area, uh, down the money pit and then the cross coming over. So instead of going straight down to the bottom of the money pit, that's where the, the chapel, the vault would be. Now I was going to say the chapel vault, but you would actually go to where the headstone is in the center of, of the arm and then go off to the, to the side on the short or the long arm side of the cross. Cause you flip it upside down and you come down the money pit when it's scaled down. And then, so the, the vault would actually be over on the side, not down the main shaft, but over to the side off the end of the arm. So, and then you were just showing this, it made me think of that when you were showing this lowering somebody into a, uh, uh, the different levels you called it, but this is, but this is referring to the different levels of, of the, of being a mason right is that that's what this is depicting the different levels yeah mm, that's really cool yeah i, I had heard of this. have not taken the royal arch uh chapter yet so oh so yeah okay <laughs> but, so you're but, I, I know a little bit but <laughs> but not enough to be a definitive source for uh, it, that's that pretty, pretty interesting so you you're you're obviously a better authority on all that than uh, than i am for certain that's really neat yeah i i found that fascinating and uh we we have the three discoverers like we we're talking about the, the three principal sojourners the idea of the vault and uh so what's on the on the picture on the left you got the three triangle uh looks like the two tables and then there's the thing right in the center what is that uh yeah what does that mean uh i believe that's the the sacred name of god and uh okay. i'm there's got to be some mason out there that'll correct me if i'm wrong but uh that's supposedly what you're what you find when you descend through the, the secret vault this is uh, okay. sacred name of God because masonry doesn't refer to a specific name of God, simply calls him the great architect. Yes. And uh, supposedly in the, in the Royal Arch, that's where he discovered the, the true name of God. I see. Okay. 
Wow. And then that's the Hebrew on right. that triangle in there. Yahweh. Or, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, that's all I had, unless you had anything else to, to add on. And uh, No, no. We, we kind of covered some of the theories. And uh, and again, you know, like I was saying that the, the Knights Templar being, you know, you know, I think they went around in, on Oak Island. They went around on the on the final episode when they were in the war room there, and they basically asked. Actually, I take that back. This was on a a drip the drilling down right there at the end, and he went around and he was asking the the team. Uh, Matty was Matty Blake was he was asking the team, uh, you know, about the different theories, and he said, "Which one do you want it to be? Uh, which theory do you would you like it to be, and which one do you think is the more likely of you know?" And most everybody said they would like it to be the, you know, the Knights Templar. Right. You'd like it to be the Templar. Uh, and could it, you know, what is more likely in my mind, the whole, um, well, who put the money there? I don't know. Then James McQuiston is another good uh, researcher and author that you may want to talk to because he, he's got a lot of stuff. And I, I kind of like what he has going on too. And it kind of could very well tie into you know, how, how the actual, some treasure got on the island through the, through the Scottish and uh, the Sinclairs and all that and got over to the island. So how did the money get there? We don't have the treasure get there. We may not be definitive on that yet, but where did it go? And that's where I like the whole independence, uh, the war of independence on that. And there's also a little tidbit that's coming up too, is that uh, there's a couple of teams that are working on the Knights Templar may be moving further in this is something that you and I were are kind of talking about as well, that the, that the, the Knights Templar, uh, if they did make it to Nova Scotia, did they then make their way on through into different parts of North America? Right. And Team Templar North America is a, is a group that's working on that, headed up by uh, Wayne Murphy, and Gretchen is part of that as well. Um, but I, she's, yeah, I, I don't think they can talk about it right now. There's particular reasons for that. But there is mounting evidence that uh, that they found over in Wisconsin that could be um, leading to the fact that uh, the Knights Templar have been there. But there's other stuff around. You know, we talked about the... Uh, the well, that's uh, close to the home for me, so that's definitely something I'd want to... See, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's something that'll be... Uh, you know, we, we I've had a couple episodes on, uh, on my podcast about that. You know, there was one that we just did with... We actually had uh, Carl Cookson and Hamilton White, the two guys from the uh, Lost Relics of the Knights Templar, and mm-hmm. Wayne Murphy. And they're working together now. Uh, so... Interesting stuff that may come of this uh, here real soon, yeah. coming up, uh, hopefully, uh, real soon anyway. Um, that that. Yeah. But again, we talked about some of the other stuff that that could lead to the Knights Templar being in North America. There's the um, the Westford Knight, uh, for instance. And, you know, and, and we, the, the Newport Tower, I don't know. You know, you had a picture of that, the Newport Tower. And I'm just, I'm just not, I, I, I want that to be Templar, but I'm not convinced. Oh, you're it, not convinced? I'm not. I, I wish I was. I I really do. I want that to be Templar, but there's evidence that it could have been built by Benedict Arnold and it was a windmill. Right. Um, that's so, the other and, popular idea. Yeah, that's that's the popular theory that he built that back around 16, what, 1677 or something like that, somewhere in the late 1600s. But is, is it is it was that? I, I, I think that was the date anyway, but I could be wrong. But he did he? I don't know. I, I I'd like it to be Templar because it certainly looks like some of the stuff we've seen over there. But I I don't know. And that HO stone. I mean, that's another 
Yeah, there's a windmill right there that they said it's like right, that. Yeah, that's the popular theory that they believe yeah. it might be one of those New England windmills. I don't know. I want it to be a Templar. I really, really do. You might have to well, listen to the interview we would do with Scott, do with Scott then and see uh, see what you think with that. Yep, there you go. <laughs> there you go. He's going to be the one because he actually did an episode. I think he was talking about that. Right. So, And he believes it's Templar, right? Does he, uh, does he link yeah, it to Templar? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, this and the Kensington Runestone and the, the Westford yep. Knight are some of his yeah the ones for, the Westford Knight I think is I mean that's you can't really you can't really give that to yeah there it is right there on the right yeah uh, you can't really I put the, the plaque now there too it's just too um, yeah I, I I don't know I can't I can't attribute it to anything else quite honestly I mean what's a what's a, a knight like that doing in North America you know I right uh, well. Originally, it's called the Westford Sword because it was like a faint carving of a sword. So even with that, like, mm-hmm. I think it definitely could be Templar with uh, with all the other connections we've been talking about. That it's a possibility it could be right. Templar. Yeah, but it, that, uh, that stone's just so weathered. Yeah, that yeah, it, that it is. Hard. You yeah. you can almost make anything out from it. Yeah, that's true. It is. It's really weathered. Uh, but it's I, I definitely think it could be. But you're right. The sword is pretty pretty prominent still. So yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting one there. And, and they said that it could be, you know, the uh, the grave of uh, one of the one of the knights that uh, died on their excursion as they were making their way, you know, into North America. And that H O stone up there, that 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 cross in between the H and the O, that is, um, you know, also used. I think that was they found that uh, that was on a shield in a, a, a knights templar cathedral or a a church over in france and it was on a shield of a soldier of a templar of a knight's templar that same cross with the four dots around it uh on Mm -hmm. each of the four corners was actually on the shield of a a knight's templar commander i guess so again what's that doing on a stone in oak island and that, and unfortunately, they blew that stone up. I mean, it had all this other, all these other pieces to it, and they blew it up because they figured, oh, the treasure's underneath it. So they they couldn't move it, so they blew it up. And then, ah, uh, come on, guys, it's like yeah. this piece, of, you know, of history right here. It could give you so many clues, and you blow it up. I mean, come on. But again, that cross was uh, very symbolic to the uh, to the to some knights templars, different sects, I think, and um, mm-hmm. so the. And again, what's it doing on Oak Island? Why is there a stone like with that cross on Oak Island? What's it doing there? If it if it wasn't there purposely by the people who, you know, by the Knights Temple. I don't know. Yeah. So again, yeah. so many little tidbits, but yet they leave you with more questions. Yeah. It's it's the conspiracy <laughs> ball, the interconnecting red lines. There's so many yeah. different things that and yeah. so many different ways that all this stuff can go. Yep. So many but, uh, different theories, but uh, you know, one of them's got to be true, or maybe bits and pieces of all of them, or several of them, are going to be true. But we got to get to the bottom of it for certain. Right. That was my other point too. I want to say, why, why does it have to be one? Why can't it be multiple sources? Yep. If yep. we have multiple different signs for multiple different cultures and or groups of people, yep. uh, why why can't it be all of them? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it could be bits and pieces of all of them that come together to tell the story. And I hope that we get to that. I hope that Oak Island, uh, you know, the team, I know Rick is very dedicated to, to finding the answers. You know, we, again, I said this before, but they would, we'd love to have them find, you know, treasure uh, on the Island. We'd love to have them, you know, find the Ark of the Covenant, even though 
finding it means that we're at the end times but i so right. he said it, it will come it will be discovered it will be found when it's needed and i'm thinking oh man i don't want to be needing it right now <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't get found for a while and uh, you know i know uh um vanessa lucido who owns rock equipment you know uh, she mm -hmm. was when she was putting the caissons down she was like i don't want to be the one that cuts it in half you know <laughs> and releases everything or or finds yeah, right. it better because that means that we're at end times well so, they took the, the during the one drilling operation they supposedly pushed down the yeah the, the chapel vault yeah the chapel vault yeah they i was like they, oh come on you're so close and just <laughs> pushed it away yeah that's what they're thinking because they were up against a resistance that kind of slowly eased up so they're thinking they yeah. were on the edge of it and they were pushed it out of the way with that one case on and then you know oh my goodness that's yeah. gonna be so frustrating but you're off an inch you're off a mile in in right. in that sort of thing so but uh anyway interesting stuff but i i hope that they come to some answers and uh, uh we, we've got to know we've got to know i think that's why so many it's engulfed so many people around the world watching this show because we really want to know the who what why where and when and you know uh, that's what I want to know. And if they find treasure, great, but I want some answers. I truly want answers and I know exactly. that they do too. So anyway, and I'm glad you guys are doing this. You're, you're, you're out there looking too. And, and that's neat because, you know, so, you know, the graphic, the, the, uh, demographic, I think for curse of Oak Island is actually, you know, older people like me. Uh, but it's good to see that, it, that the history of this is intriguing to someone like yourself, a young, a younger person like yourself. That's that's good, and that's what it's all about, you know, to to uh, continue the research. You know, maybe you'll be out there digging one day. <laughs> that's the that's the goal. Yeah, I'd love to so, get to that point. Oh man, me too. <laughs> I, I'd love to be out there. Oh, yeah. but yeah, this has been yeah, fun. But yeah, a lot of a lot of questions, yeah. and I know you guys will continue this, and maybe we'll have some more stuff we can talk about down the road one day. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. I, I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And uh, to everybody who is watching and out there uh, enjoying the show, stay tuned for some exciting upcoming interviews. Like I was saying, we're going to try to have Gretchen on pretty soon. And then uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but we do have some uh, some more exciting interviews after that. Scott and Janet, one of them. And uh, Jeff, you have any final comments or stuff you want to share before we wrap it up? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Just uh, I'd say just continue what you're doing and, and keep this going because it's uh, it's good stuff. And I know you're doing other history stuff, not just about Oak Island and that, but uh, this is a good one to dig into. And if you find some answers, you come to me and let me know, and I'll bring you on my show, and we'll talk about it there, all right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deal. Thanks For again. Sure. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I enjoyed doing this with you.